On today's show, we got an update on Luka Doncic's injury. Should we expect him for game one? And we bring on an actual doctor to explain us what is a calf strain? What does it mean? What should we expect from Luka? We'll talk about all that and some more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavs Don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to Luka Doncic's left calf. My name is Nick Angstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast, NBA channel manager at Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, and contributor at Mavs.com, the calf culprit, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I've just looked at my calves so much today. <laughs> I've thought about them. I've like thought like tried to feel where my tendons are. I'm it's like, all about what, calves today. What would I what would I give? Would you would you cut off your left pinky on your hand if it meant Luca was fully healthy? My pinky? Can I give him my calf instead? Gonna give him just the rest of my leg? I, I if you're, I'm just saying, if like a genie came down and said, "Hey, if 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 you cut off the tip of your finger, that would mean Luke would be healthy for the full playoffs." Would you do it? Because Let I us think know I in the comments who's giving up their it. pinky. Who's? I would think up about pinky? it. I don't know. Like you don't realize how much you use your pinky until you like cut it or something, and then you think about it a lot more. You don't realize how much joy a Mavericks title. <laughs> A title this year, we're going we're over like if the Mavericks were ready to go to it, if they were the Suns, if they were where the Suns are right now, then I'm more apt to, to give them my pinky. Okay. All right. On today's show, like we said, we're going to be talking about Luca and the update we got on his injury, and then we'll bring in Brian Suterer. He is an actual doctor. He has a great YouTube channel, and we'll be talking to him about Luca's injury. And then the last segment. We're going to give you a break from all the Luka <laughs> injury talk because I'm sure you've just been hearing nothing but that on Twitter and everywhere else that you're trying to find updates. So we're going to talk about the rest of the league and any surprises we see. What do we expect from the play-in coming up tonight? So we'll talk about all that on today's show. All right. We got an update on Luka Doncic. The MRI came back and we got an update, but did we really get an, did we really get an update, Isaac? <laughs> basically just, just came back and said hey he's not faking it <laughs> it's, a, it's an actual confirmed calf strain as expected the Mavs have set no timetable for his returns that is a positive thing because if it was out indefinitely i would be much more concerned about it yeah i'm not trying to look too much into the exact uh terminology used but brian does we, we talk about it with brian, with brian later. <laughs> i i am impressed by the mavs that hey there's no reason to put all this out right now. Like I, I get yeah. it. I, I get it for, for a fan perspective and I'm with y'all. I'm checking my phone. I'm texting people all day too. I'm like, Hey, we got an update, all this stuff. And I want to know, I'm thinking about it in every meeting. Don't tell my bosses if Lucas <laughs> calf is okay, but you know, just there's no reason to put it out there. Keep it close to your chest. And if you, even if you know if he's playing or not, then take it right to 1130, 1145 in the morning on Saturday. Yeah, here's the thing. Mark Stein said this already. Dallas has already announced that Luka Doncic has a left calf strain. It is not obligated five days before game one to publicly share details about today's MRI findings. So the wait for clarity on Luka's status for game one on Saturday 
continues. Mm. Mavericks coach Jason Kidd is scheduled to address the media during Tuesday's lunch hour. So he is going to be on, a, you know, their Mavs will practice on Tuesday and around noon, he will speak to the media. I expect him to say nothing <laughs> in that. I expect yeah. him to say, you know, we're just waiting just like everybody else on this. And, you know, I've given, I expect the, the written sheet of paper for him to, to ha- have something written down. I expect him to be pulling out the, pulling yeah. out the piece of paper. Uh, uh, Luca, Luca got an MRI yesterday. Luca and, uh, had an MRI, and MRI stands for. <laughs> just go through all we'll that. We'll see. Uh, so we'll get an update tomorrow, and we'll let y'all know tomorrow. But to your uh, point, the gamesmanship is real, right? Like, why tip your hat to the? Like, why tip your hand to the Jazz right now, and uh, and tell them like, hey, yep, Luca's ready. He's gonna be back. Instead of let them think that he's not gonna play until the last minute and say, oh yeah, he's gonna play, or. You know, make them think that he might play and then just say last minute, oh, yeah, he's not going to play. And then just, you know, change it like there's a little gamesmanship in this. Not sure what advantage it gives the team, but you might as well. Yeah, well, either or like it's just make, make them think. I mean, it's it's kind of like double game planning in a sense. I mean, we were we were joking about before this pod that, hey, you know, we're wanting to get into a full you know series preview stuff, which we will over the next coming days. We have some guests, all that. But it's like it's kind of hard to really do that without knowing if Luka Doncic, the best player in the whole series, is going to play in it. So, are you going to approach this from a hey, the, what's the Mavericks looks like? You know, look like without Luka, them playing the Jazz, all that, or will Luka play? And so, anyway, it's not just our little angle from a podcast media covering angle, but also a game planning angle from you know for the Jazz. Yeah, for the team, how are they preparing right now? Are they preparing for you know Dinwiddie Brunson? Are they preparing for Luca? Probably just for Luca, and then who who posted the picture today? Who 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 did that? Who leaked the picture of Luca walking <laughs> into the hospital? We did get Luca walking into the hospital. It looked like it was Casey Smith with him. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and uh, you only got to see him from like the the back side, like the side his side, and then a little bit to the back. We saw Luca in a walking boot. I did ask Brian about that, so he'll explain what it means, what what a walking boot means. Uh, that could be a little bit of gamesmanship too, because if he wasn't in a boot, that could mean he's totally fine and could totally play, and he's just gonna go get checked. But since he is in a boot, it's sort of like, hey, this could be a little bit. Put him in a wheelchair. <laughs> Put him in a wheelchair. <laughs> take him out of of the of the finals, two thousand eight, and then he'll have he'll just be running back in. Just had to take a poop. We're we're smiling through the pain. <laughs> if you oh, watch this on YouTube, <laughs> Nick I- and I are smiling through the pain right now. This is the only thing we can do. As we wait on pins and needles like everyone else. This is what we have, right? We're sort of deer in the headlights trying to figure out, okay, well, are we going to do a full preview of this series knowing that Luca may not play in some of these? But let's just quickly, let's say Luca doesn't play game one. What are your expectations for a game like that? Here's the thing. I'm I'm mentally preparing myself for for Luca to miss a couple games. And you might as well, right? Prepare to be disappointed. And then exactly. Prepare for that, and then if he plays, then be happy. But that's where my mind is at. And then I think your goal, if you're Dallas, is just say, can we just can we split it at home? Like, can we just split at least win one at home that the crowd will be behind you? They're gonna feel like they gotta be extra behind you because yeah. hey, Luca's out. You Dinwiddie, the guys rallying together. Luca's out. Let's let's hold the let's hold our ground. Mel Gibson, oh, oh, you know, with, you know, with Luca out yeah. and let's, let's do this thing. And I, I really do. I, I really do think that even if Luca set out, I think they could at least win one of those first home games without him. You really think that they could win a game without Luca? 
I didn't say the series. I said a game. A game, yeah. One of, one of the first two home games, I think they could win one of those games without Luka. Yes. Yeah, because I saw somebody say that, that the, oh, the Lockdown Mavs guys think that they can win the series without Luka. Whoa, no. Who said like, that? No. like that's, There's no shot. This, Ricky I, Bobby. I, I, no. Too much respect for this Jazz team to go in there and say, oh, yeah, they definitely can win if Luka misses you know four, five, six, seven, all seven games or something. Who's out like here that. quoting us? I don't know. That, it's, uh, th- this Jazz team is too good. So this is this is where we're at, right? We, we felt confident going up against the Jazz if Luca was going to be healthy because he is the mismatch, right? Where where's the mismatch if they don't have Luca? Bertans. Bertans last eleven games shooting fifty percent from three. Exactly why he was my answer. <laughs> you you knew that. <laughs> him and him and Josh Green and him and Maxi have really really good. Uh, have really, really good net ratings when they're playing together in lineups recently. <laughs> Loving that bench unit. Maybe the bench carries them. Yeah, they very well could. But yeah, all right, coming up, let's hear from an actual doctor that knows things about about medicine and about the body that Isaac and I don't. I mean, you, you've you heard us enough to know about our... Uh, I know about the body. <laughs> <laughs> you do have an FBI shirt on right now. I do have two kids. <laughs> Nothing to do with calves. We'll talk about that. Come, we'll, talk, we'll talk to Brian coming up. You don't up. know if my wife likes calves. <laughs> but <laughs> Prize Picks is not going to like this. Before we do, <laughs> check out Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy for the NBA and for college, all kinds of sports. You can do MLB as well. I just realized college is not playing anymore. Off the top of my head, they don't, I don't think they have college baseball. Pick two to five players and over under in their projections. You can win up to ten times on any entry. Just go check it out at Prize Picks. See what's available for you. I'm sure there's tons of stuff for the play in as well. For a limited time, Prize Picks is an exclusive offer, no brainer of an offer for all of our users. You get fifty dollars for free if a player mm. with your first Prize Pick entry scores a single point. You must wow. use the promo code NBA. That's right. Use the promo code NBA. You'll get fifty dollars for free if your first player scores a point in your prize picks entry. Go check it out. It's prize picks. Download the app today. Also want to tell you about bet online. Bet online has the odds now for Mavericks versus jazz. Are you ready for this? Isaac Harris? Mm, yes. The jazz open on bet online as a minus one seventy five favorite over the Mavericks. Spicy. What does that tell you? It's the they're same. confident Luca's going to miss time. It's about the same uh, as the Sixers, the Sixers uh, odds against the Raptors. So it's not as big as we thought. Like right, like this doesn't say to me Luca's going to miss the whole series. And you know, like the the Warriors are minus two fifteen favorite over the Nuggets. That's a bigger one. Uh, the Bucks are a minus twelve hundred favorite over the Bulls. Like that wow. to me, that's a huge gap. So this Jazz one is is still really close. They, you know, expecting Luca to play in some of these games, but. If you feel strongly about it, you want to take this before Luca just, you know, maybe comes back for game one. Go ahead and head to Bet Online. Go check it out. See everything else they have available. They have NBA futures. They have series props for all these different series. They have specials going on, like for coaches, next coach of the Lakers, all kinds of stuff. Go check it out. Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen for your next listen. Go check out that Lockdown Now podcast. We did a playoff prediction show. Everybody on the network doing their playoff predictions. Check it out. It's Locked On now, wherever you get podcasts, and on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. All right, now let's hear our conversation with Brian Suterer. All right, welcome in the actual Twitter doctor, Brian Suterer. Great YouTube channel, Brian Suterer MD. Already has a video up about Luka Doncic. We're going to talk all about Luka Doncic and his calf strain. Brian, let's start here. 
How vague is the term calf strain? It's vague. It's really hard, especially from what I try to do with providing education about these types of things. It's very vague. When we talk about the calf, it's actually a complex of three different muscles. And so question number one is which of those three muscles are involved. And then question number two is where in that muscle is the actual strain or the actual tear? Because whether or not that tear is higher up in the true, just kind of meet the belly of the muscle or if it's down closer to where those calf muscles turn into the Achilles tendon, mm. it's very different in terms of the actual prognosis. And so calf strain really just tells us it's somewhere in the muscles on the back of his lower leg. And beyond that, we unfortunately just don't have any more information. <laughs> it's like, it's like operation. It's like, it's in that general area. We just really have no For idea sure. what it could be. Exactly. Uh, how does a player feel when when you have a calf strain? Like, can a, a player feel how serious it is? Because when you saw Luca, like, like lean down and, and start rubbing on that muscle. Like you could tell it was a little different than normal. Do you think that players can feel how serious an injury is like that? They definitely can. And one of the ways we'll actually classify severity, you know, we hear about grade one, grade two, grade three, with all these different injuries through the body. One of the ways you can classify severity of these muscle strains is whether or not there's actually impaired function, like impaired strength, whenever the athlete's trying to activate that muscle. So the, the calf muscles in the back of the leg, the primary function is for you to raise or lift up on your toes. So if you're standing flat on the ground and you just lift your heels to push up, like you're doing a calf raise, you know, in the gym, you're activating those muscles. And so when you're walking, definitely when you're running, if you activate those muscles and you have pain, that can suggest a more significant injury. Sometimes people will feel like an actual tearing sensation in the back of the leg. You know, like with Achilles, of course, we see people always look back like somebody, you know, hit him with a baseball bat in the back of the leg. So it's not yeah. that extreme, but definitely based on how much pain and how much limited function the athlete has, the medical staff can get another kind of sense of severity for sure. So they, they'll, he'll feel something different, right? Because it did seem like Luca. Luke, we've seen Luca have so many injuries where he just pops up, you know, like punches yeah. his leg a couple times and he just feels better, right? But Right, tighten actually, his shoes tighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, that's And that's when players feel like the pop or they feel you know, something like that. Um, yeah. Is there anything like that in, in a calf that, that Luca could feel or is it just – uh, feels- typically, yeah, they'll typically feel kind of a sharp pain. You know, usually athletes will describe it. You know, we ask, is it burning? Is it throbbing? Is it dull? Typically a muscle strain is going to be sharp. So especially whenever you activate or try to fire that muscle, it's usually more of a, a sharp type of kind of localized pain where the area of the injury is. The challenge can be then as you kind of immobilize things, go through your rehab, you might get more kind of diffuse pain. But definitely initially, we kind of saw after, you know, the commentator seemed to focus on, oh, he bumped knees. Was there like yeah. a collision there? But it was really, as you saw, when he kind of made that turn to then push off and go back out towards the three-point line, that motion is where he would have felt that really sharp pain. And then as he continues to walk, he continues to feel that sharp pain and is clearly impaired. And so that tells him that, hey, this is not just some other little tweak or bump that, that I can typically bounce back from. We were waiting to hear anything, any kind of news. I mean, every, it feels like the entire Mavs fan base just has, you know, holding their breath all day. We finally saw a photo of him walking around in a boot. What does a boot tell you? So he's, he's walking around in, you know, a boot where you'd normally see somebody like, you know, broke their foot or something like that. And they're on yeah. crutches, but what does a boot tell you? And what does it not tell you? Well, the purpose of the boot right now is to just immobilize things. So whenever we talk about recovery from a muscle injury, it all comes down to the basic kind of biology of what's happening inside the muscle when you actually have that tear. 
And what we're trying to do with the recovery is sort of augment and take advantage of the body's natural progression with healing. And so that first initial phase, those first couple of days, it's a tough balance between strictly immobilizing someone so that you don't put any more tension, any more tightening on that muscle to make the tear worse, but also not immobilizing them so long that the rest of their muscles atrophy. So when we see him in that boot, you know, a boot can be worn to stabilize the ankle ligaments, but it can also be worn to prevent your foot from bending up and down. So in Luca's case, it's simply to prevent him from activating those calf muscles and pushing up on his toes. It's early enough that it doesn't really tell us much prognostically. You know, certainly if we saw him walking around without it, that would be great because that would suggest he's not having a lot of pain with just basic walking around. But the fact that he's in it, it's so recent. It unfortunately doesn't really give us much of a of a negative prognosis down the road. And I saw you talking with in street clothes on Twitter about this. There's there's some gamesmanship in, in some of this too, right? Like if he's walking around without a boot, oh, all of for a sudden sure. that, that could tell everybody, yeah. hey, he's totally fine. He's going to be good. But you put the boot on and I don't know, it makes the other team maybe think that, hey, this guy could be out for a couple games here. Right. There's definitely an aspect to that. And, you know, as, as much as I would like to see more information so that we can talk about it, teach about it, and, and Mavs fans want to see more information here, the teams that they're going to be going up against, they they know that data also. They have access to those same papers, those same studies, that same set of experience to where if they hear in the report, ooh, it's a grade two, oh, that maybe might be this length of recovery. So maybe we can kind of adjust our game plan accordingly. Which I think is fine, you know, as much as we would like to know more information, you know, we know it's a calf strain, we know it's not a big Achilles injury, we know he's presumably not out for the playoffs, but you're right, there's definitely a a piece of this that they probably don't want to tip their full hand to know what he might look like two, three weeks down the road. You know, so if you see him in crutches and a full body cast, then, you know, maybe maybe, maybe they're taking it too far. <laughs> right. So that might go the other way. If he's being pushed in in a wheelchair into uh, into get the MRI machine scanner, then there might be a little bit more questioning. <laughs> uh, what are those phrases you're you're waiting for? Right. I've heard like grade one, grade two. What are those certain phrases you're waiting to hear to, to know how serious this is? You know, hearing grade one, grade two, grade three would definitely make a difference. To be honest, it's it's more so I think about the location in the muscle in terms of where that tear is. Because remember, a strain is actually a tear of those muscle fibers. Our muscles have these individual fibers running through them. And whenever you get a, a strain, a contusion, those fibers, those cells tear and they die. And our body has to go through that process of healing. The closer that tear is to where those muscle fibers join into the tendon, the more prolonged the recovery is going to be. And so it's more so, you know, if we hear grade three, I mean, it's that's the type of scenario where I can't imagine he would be back unless they made it to the finals. If we hear grade one, grade two, there's enough overlap there that really we could be anywhere on the order of like a couple of weeks to three weeks. But I think what's more important is if we were to hear about the location. Typically, we don't hear about the location because that's just more detail than these teams provide. But I think the bigger telling sign is going to be watching his actual functional recovery if we see footage of him on the court during these next few days, because these next few days, I think are going to be critical to help us understand how bad is this? Is this something that he needs prolonged mobilization? Is this something that come, you know, Thursday, Friday, we see him jogging around on the court. I think those are going to be the bigger telling signs of what his availability will be upcoming here. What kind of recovery, what kind of recovery can they do? Can Casey Smith and, and Luca and the whole team do over these next five days? They have five days off. 
what kind of things can he do besides just like, you know, elevation and put ice on it? You know what I mean? Like the rice normal therapy. Things we yeah, yeah. <laughs> the good old rice therapy. <laughs> so, and honestly, it goes back to those fundamentals of biologically speaking, what's happening in the muscle with the tear. The first thing that happens when you get that tear is there's blood that forms. There's a hematoma. There's kind of this, this, um, this area of swelling. And as much as you can do initially to minimize how much bleeding is in the muscle, how much of a hematoma is there, the better you set yourself up down the road. So sometimes if there's a significant collection of blood, they might actually go in with a needle and aspirate or drain that blood out to help facilitate the early healing. When you get past that initial mobilization phase, now you have to actually start to work the muscle and start to stimulate those muscle fibers to regrow because they actually respond to movement. And so it's having that experience, which thankfully the MAPS training staff has, of knowing what that balance is, of listening to how much pain he's in, knowing how much they can push push the muscle um, to ultimately progress him. But there's no there's no magic pill. You know, some of these teams are doing things like platelet-rich plasma, you know, these, these stem cell quote-unquote injections. And there's some data to suggest that might help facilitate healing. Um, but this isn't like an infection where you can just get antibiotics and then in seven to 10 days, you're off and you're clear of the infection. So uh, Luca's going to go over to Germany and get one of those injections and yeah, and yeah, the, right the Kobe Bryant shot. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't know. It's it's something I always wonder is how much these different teams are doing it because obviously it's a you know it's very different than if you and I just like go into our doctor's office because we strained our calf playing like you know beer league softball um, <laughs> one day. And so so there's some things they can certainly do. You know, as as basic as it sounds, the the ice, the cryotherapy is again trying to help reduce the amount of blood, reduce that hematoma that forms that you can allow the body to kind of kickstart that healing process sooner rather than later. Because here, when we're talking about days, it really does matter, right? I mean, this isn't something where we can spare a week or two. Every day does matter. And so it really is going to be all hands on deck for them to minimize that swelling, get his motion back as quickly as they can, and then help to kind of progress him back through his functional return. God, how annoyed must Luca be right now with everybody just looking, prodding, touching, and horribly <laughs> asking, annoyed. asking yeah. about his calf right now. Last yeah. question, the one that Mavs fans don't want to hear at all, but I, I'm very interested. What are your thoughts on the players we've we've heard before, like Kevin Durant, that started with a calf strain and then it he came back and went into the playoffs? And Luca's a lot like Kevin Durant. He if he can play, he's going to play, and he's going to try to play at his best. And that calf strain turned into Achilles tear. What has to happen for that to happen? And how can Luca avoid something like that? Boy, yeah, that's the million dollar question, right? I, st- I still think, and I don't think we'll ever fully know what happened with Kevin Durant. My gut and everything I know about medicine tells me that the two were not related, that his calf strain mm. had nothing to do with the Achilles strain, unless they were just not accurately describing what his initial injury was. And so, you know, having seen enough of these on imaging, on ultrasound, Typically, they're in far enough away proximity to where it's not like, you know, a millimeter from the Achilles tendon. You know, if it's way up in the muscle, the the tendon is so far down out of the way that sometimes unfortunate bad things just happen. And so I wouldn't be worried about that scenario. You know, it's who knows, right? In the world of medicine, crazy things can happen. Um, Whenever that injury actually starts to heal with the strain, Initially, in kind of that first 10 days or so, the actual tear site where you're kind of building up some scar tissue is the weaker site. But then once you kind of get beyond that 7 to 10 day mark, it's actually sort of the surrounding tissue that does become weaker. So theoretically, sure, depending on the location, maybe you make the area where the Achilles and the calf muscle come together 
a weaker spot, but you still would have to subject yourself to a load that would be high enough to tear an Achilles tendon, which is super rare in a young athlete. So as, as fresh as that is, you know, I, I would not be worried about that going back out there, assuming this is your run of the mill, you know, gastroc strain that we see all the time in sports. And it's not something where he would overcompensate. We hear a lot about how, you know, you overcompensate on one leg and then the other leg comes out. You can't do that in a muscle where you overcompensate using maybe your Achilles more than you would use your calf when you're pushing yeah. off or something like that. On the same side, not necessarily because the, the calf and the Achilles is all sort of the same muscle tendon unit. You know, whenever it fires, everything is being stressed kind of along that whole pathway, certainly side to side differences or kind of above the joint, below the joint. So if let's say Luca comes back and his calf is a little bit weaker, maybe his range of motion is a little bit reduced, then certainly you do set yourself up for injuries because of that asymmetry from side to side. Or now maybe he's loading his hamstring a little bit more, and so the hamstring is more susceptible. But in terms of that kind of continuous Achilles calf unit, it's not something that we typically think of and, and counsel patients on whenever we return them to play from their calf strain. There you go. Great stuff as always. Brian Suterer, go check out his YouTube channel. If you're not somehow already subscribed to it, go check it out. Uh, Good stuff. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it, Nick. Coming up, we're going to talk about the rest of the NBA. Let's take a break from Luca calf stuff. Stop focusing all your attention on your left calf to try and see what it would be like to be Luca right now. Let's talk about the rest of the league. Talk about any surprises we see in the play-in. Talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about rockauto.com. Luca is dealing with an injury right now. Your car may also be dealing with an injury. You don't want to wait weeks and weeks to try and figure out what it is, what the prognostics is for your car. Go check it out right now. And if you find out what part you need, go check it out on rockauto.com. You can see all the parts available for your car or truck right now. Their prices are reliably low for every single customer, and they have everything you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. They do not have new cabs. Go and explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to all your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on. In there, how did you hear about us, Box? They know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, Isaac, let's turn our attention to the rest of the league. The play-in starts tonight. Gotta love the gotta love the play-in. Cavs versus Nets, Clippers versus Timberwolves. I, I think that Nets Cavs game is pretty pretty fiercely nets right i don't know if i could pick it i don't know if i could pick another i don't know if i could pick the Cavs in any way but uh, what about that clippers timberwolf series oh yeah well that game is is the most fascinating one of the night but um i think i'm going with the clippers this game means so much because the difference and i'm trying not to disrespect the grizzlies here but the the difference between the suns and grizzlies i think is a pretty far gap and i think if I think if the Clippers beat Minnesota, I think they have a good chance of beating Memphis. In intern, the turn the camera on. <laughs> hey, intern, turn it on. <laughs> turn the camera um, on. I, that's actually my prediction. You I think, think so. The Clippers will win and that they'll beat the Grizzlies. I think they will. That Clippers team is so dangerous, right? Because they've been playing all year without Paul George, and obviously without Ka- Kawhi Leonard too. They added Norm Powell this year. They added Robert Covington this year. They have more of what they what made them great last year, and Ty now Lue. they have Paul George back. I think Ty Lue, I think he's one of the best coaches in in the game. Shout out to Chris Finch for getting the the coach the extension on the coaching before this game or before <laughs> they may miss the playoffs in this. But 
Uh, but yeah, and that Timberwolves team is just, they're inexperienced, right? They just haven't, it's one of the things that, you know, the reasons why the Mavericks are are not as, as you know, big favorites and all that is because they just don't have as much experience. It's like that Jazz team has been, you know, pretty far in the playoffs. And same for this Clippers-Timberwolves series. Yeah, so Game. Beverly Beverly going, going against gonna, gonna those guys is fun. Uh, the other two games on Wednesday, I mean, I obviously think Atlanta's going to beat Charlotte in that. I think Charlotte's so much fun. They're one of my, they're like my favorite team. Charlotte is such a high variance team though. They if they get hot and they just start bombing a bunch of threes, I think they can beat anybody. But this, you could say the same for the Hawks too. It's it, Scary Terry baby. Yeah, heck yeah, Scary Terry, Bridges. For they're sure. fun. I just Mellow. I think Atlanta beats them and I I don't know what happens at the other one. New Orleans, sure. New Orleans is gonna. I, I was re- actually impressed with that Spurs team. I like the pieces that they've put together. That like that starting five that they had is like some young, interesting pieces. I don't know if it does anything for you right now, but uh, the no. Dejounte Murray with Devin Vassell and Josh Primo is kind of interesting, and Keldon Johnson, Jakob Pertle. Like that's a, a young, interesting team. I don't think it helps them in this game. Like C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram are pretty are the best players in the series. Is that, is that yeah. not giving enough credit to Dejounte Murray? Maybe. No, Murray's good. If, Murray's been real good this year. If we look at the other, if we look at Brooklyn and the Clippers, which which one of these teams has the highest possibility to move on to another round? Let's say they both win, so they're both yeah. they're both you know seventh seeds. Nets go play the Celtics, and the uh, Clippers go play the Grizzlies. Ooh, are you ready for the Bill Simmons meltdown? <laughs> when the Nets beat the Celtics, he <laughs> breaks down. I, I think it's, I think it's the, yeah, I think it's the Cel- I think it's the Nets still. I still think we still haven't seen Kevin Durant and Kyrie play that many games together. Yeah. And when they do, they they still beat up on everybody. And Ben Simmons might play. I'm done with that. I'm done with him. I'm done with Jamal Murray. <laughs> done with all of them. Um, like overarching, any big upsets you have for the playoffs? You know, obviously the seeds are set. Brackets are actually just filled out an actual bracket. Uh, A couple uh, people at work, we've put together a a bracket. You can actually do it through NBA.com. And you pick pick each series. You pick how many games, you know, each series series will go. And I was looking at it. I'm like, hey, what's my biggest upset? Obviously, my biggest upset is the Clippers beating Memphis if they win that game. Um, But besides that, I think we both have Toronto, right? beating philly i do yeah i think toronto does beat philly now does that seem like a big upset no it's a four or five but toronto doesn't have an mvp candidate on their on their team they don't have james harden and maybe it's the name that's bigger than like the talent right now for, for that team because the raptors are just built so they're just built so well to beat a team like philly right they're just beat they're just built to beat a team that is you know has a, a guard in james harden that relies on getting to the line and you know, it's having a hard time creating his own shot against, you know, length and stuff like that. And then it's just reliant on one big guy where you can throw multiple, you can throw multiple guys against Embiid. You throw a double on Embiid, he's going to have to kick out shooters. Okay. Well, now you're relying on Tobias Harris and Matisse Tybel half the time and Tyrese Maxey yeah. and, you know, and James Harden to hit spot up shots possibly and, and all that. And that makes me nervous if I'm Philly. Them missing, you know, Thibel for, I mean, potentially three games in that series against a wing heavy, you know, Toronto team, Siakam, Scotty Barnes, OG, those yeah. guys like that. That's a big, big loss for them. So I don't know. 
We'll the see. These of, playoffs are fun. The other thing about Toronto is they don't have any weak defenders in their lineup, right? Like if you yeah. think about their lineup up and down, it's like you got Precious, and then you have uh, Siakam, and then you have OG or Scotty Barnes, and then you have Van Vliet, who's like still a really, really good defender. Like, dang, like, oh, like you just can't. There's nobody to pick on if you're James Harden. We we've joked about them being the Mavs of the East and vice versa. And now, you know, obviously Gobert is not Embiid, but now we get to see the, both the small ball switchy fun yeah, you know, te- teams go against teams with, you know, with bigs, with traditional centers, if we want to say that. Luka is, is the Van Vliet Siakam fusing. <laughs> yes. I think it is wild. I was filling out that bracket yesterday, and it's wild how many of these series, even like right now, are dependent or like our one or two injuries could swing the whole series. Like you look at the Luca stuff. Yeah. You know, how does Kawhi, I mean, are we just giving up on all that? You know, is the door still open for any of the Denver guys? Steph Curry's injury. How Steph is he going to Steph is one we haven't talked about a lot. Like what if he doesn't come back or if, what if he comes back and he's not like fully right? Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Like, I mean, he might play in game one. He might not the East. It feels like they have a handful of dudes over there that, we don't know who's playing, you know, who or so it's just it's wild that we are less than a week before the actual playoffs start and we're still like up in the air in some of these injuries. What's a wild upset? What's a wild up if we got really really crazy with it? What's a wild upset could that could possibly happen? So we talked so we talked about Toronto. Like could Chicago beat Milwaukee? Probably not. <laughs> Milwaukee's a 1200 <laughs> minus 1200 favorite. That one's they do have DeRozan though, and I I've heard that DeRozan's really really good, so um we'll see that. Um it's hard for me to see an up, a big upset in this one so far, at least in the in, at the beginning. Once you get to the the second round, then all of a sudden you that's when you're talking. I mean, I mean, my biggest upset is the Clippers over Memphis, so That's it. That is big actually. If Minnesota gets in there, as the seventh seed, and they beat the Clippers. I don't think. Uh, I don't think they beat Memphis. I think Memphis will win that. I don't think the Clippers are beating Phoenix in a first round series. No. So that's the only path for me to have like a, a big upset. I mean, I, I think the only other one would be the Brooklyn, you know, Boston one, like you talked about, because right. it's Durant and Kyrie and all those, those sneaky guys. sevens. Those sneaky sevens. <laughs> sneaky seven. Uh, what What are you thinking about for conference finals right now? I, it's hard for in the West. I, I just can't imagine a team beating the Suns at all. I know. Like, I just yeah. cannot imagine it's any of these teams, especially with Luca limited, right? Exactly. That's yeah. But I think they're the most complete team. I I the have Suns, them. Yeah. yeah, I have them winning the the title this year. Um, I don't. I'd really. It was the East out one. Who who's at who's coming out of the bottom bracket to play them? in the Western conference finals. Is it golden state when we don't know what Steph's injury looks like? Is it Memphis? And we it's don't the, know about, we don't know about jaw either. Yeah. It, but like Memphis, they're so young. Is that a, you know, are they going to make it that far in the, in the conference finals? They could, they're, they're a really good team. And do the Clippers surprise everybody and just go on a run and they're back in the conference finals again. It wouldn't shock me. It honestly wouldn't Literally shock the me, same but. conference finals as last year. Clippers <laughs> without Kawhi and the Suns. <laughs> And but you know what I wrestled with the most was the East, and I got to Milwaukee versus versus Miami. First of all, do you think Toronto could beat Miami in the second round? Yes, I think that could be one of the biggest upsets. Toronto just makes it to the conference finals. But I didn't. I didn't do it. I actually have Miami in the finals. I did chalk. I did the one seeds. Yeah, you just go chalk. I wanted to do Milwaukee, 
But there's something about Milwaukee's depth that just worries me this year. And there's just, I don't know. I love Giannis, but the collection of Miami and Spolstra, I just, I couldn't get past it. So I have. You're really uh, loving you some Tyler Hero. No, he was my sixth man of the year pick. But they rely so much on Tyler Hero. They do, offense. but I just, yeah, Jimmy and Bam, Bam versus Giannis. And I mean, this is, this would be round three, right? Yeah. yeah right. Miami beat them. Then Milwaukee got revenge last year. And, Round three in a conference finals would be a lot of fun. But. Not just revenge. They murdered them last year. Like, they just completely yeah. took them out. It was not even close last year, if you remember that. Um, but, yeah, there you go. Let us know what you guys think about these playoffs. Who, do you have any big upsets that you're calling? I'm excited to watch the play-in and see what happens. We'll be back tomorrow with more crossover with David Locke, Locked On Jazz. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. So, boom.